All right, well, amen, church. I tell you, the greatest blessings and challenges and frustrations that I've ever known in my life uh, is, is raising kids. We had, had two children, a uh, daughter and a son. We have two children, a daughter and a son, and uh, so thankful for them that they made it through childhood alive and relatively whole, I hope. Uh, but uh, very glad. Uh, I remember my own dad today. So I think about my memories and thoughts of him. I think he's been with the Lord about 26 years now. and uh, It's not a, really uh, many days that go by that I don't have some thought of him and the impact that he had in my life, the things that he taught us through his practical love and his service and the character and the kind of man he was uh, has really impacted my life uh, throughout my years. And so I'm so thankful uh, that God created family, that He knew how to balance out our needs as people, that we needed a, a dad and we needed a mom, and through that relationship that we find strength and comfort, instruction for our lives. And so we celebrate family and Father's Day today. And, and in doing so, I want to invite you to turn with me in your Bibles to Joshua chapter 24. Uh, Joshua 24, and I want us to share some things uh, I believe that some things that are critical that a father must do. You know, there's some things that we can get by not doing. Uh, and we're okay. It doesn't affect us that much. But there's some things that are fundamental or really critical to our life and to the people around us. And so I think that we're going to see in Joshua, uh, as he would close out his ministry and his life, that he left some valuable lessons for fathers, things that we must do as dads. And listen, you, you, don't, you may have adult children here today. Uh, that doesn't, you don't stop being a father because you have adult children. Uh, you enter into another phase of fatherhood. Uh, you find other ways to impact and influence your children. Uh, you find ways that you can minister to their needs uh, that, that are maybe uh, greater than uh, the ways that you had when they were younger to impact them. And then uh, all, all, all of a sudden, if the Lord's blessed you, along come these little ones, these grandchildren. And then you have a real opportunity to minister to them as well. And so it's important that we realize that uh, as uh, we never stop being that influence or that teacher or that person that God has called us to be in our families. And so... I want you to follow along with me, if you would, two verses in Joshua 24, verses 14 through 15. And listen to what the Scripture says. Joshua is challenging Israel at the end of his ministry. He's calling them to faithfulness to God, uh, faithful service to the Lord. And listen to what he says. He says, Now therefore, fear the Lord, serve Him in sincerity and in truth, and put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the river and in Egypt. Serve the Lord. And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the river, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Bow with me if you would and let's pray. Father in heaven, we're so grateful today for your great love and mercy, that you are truly the example of what a father is, that you're kind and just, that you're ready to show us grace and forgiveness. And Lord, we thank you for that. But yet, Father, when our lives need it, you're willing to discipline. And God, we thank you even for that as well. 
But Lord, I pray this morning that you would speak to the hearts of our fathers here this morning. That God, you would give us something to hold on to as we leave this place that we can take back into our homes and families and Lord, be stronger and more effective in our leadership in our homes because we've been here this morning. Lord, God, speak to us today. Your words and your truth. Holy Spirit, open our hearts that we might hear. Help us to understand. And Lord, I'm asking all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, as you look at what Joshua was saying, these short verses, there's other verses that surround these two verses that give even stronger admonition about these things. But for time's sake this morning, we're just going to look at these two verses. Uh, And so I want to give you some things that I really believe that are necessary that we understand as fathers, that we must do as fathers, we must continue to do if we want to truly impact our children for the Lord. Now, first of all, if you look with me at verse 14, I want you to see the very first one is that we have to realize that as fathers, we should be working with dedication. In other words, our lives ought to be committed to serving the Lord. There shouldn't be any question in our children's mind who their dad serves, what he's all about, or who he's uh, uh, committed to and dedicated to, and that should be the Lord. You know, Jesus exampled service, didn't he? Everything about his life was an act or an expression of service. He came to serve and not to be served, he said himself. Uh, He came to seek and to save that which was lost. That's us. Uh, All those are acts of service. And so when we look at Jesus Christ, right as a Christian, he's the example of everything for us, isn't he? I mean, he's the, the beginning and the end when it comes to examples or expressions of who God is. And so we look at Jesus Christ and what's the first thing that we look at him and see really in the gospels that he's a servant. Look, I want to say to you today, that's a powerful understanding for you and I as dads that we ought to realize that, hey, uh, if Jesus gives us the example of service, then we ought to be a servant. So he exampled that very thing. Uh, You know, the scripture says here, uh, it's a call to to, uh, fear the Lord and serve Him with sincerity. Joshua used also, he says, choose yourself whom you will serve. He, he says here in these two verses, he says, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Do you see that repeated message in two verses over and over? Joshua's talking about service, service, service. And so we need to really embrace the understanding that we ought to be God's servant. We ought to example that to our children. Now there's some things about service that we need to really grab hold of. We ought to be, first of all, committed to service. It's not an abstract idea. You know, uh, it's not something that we ought to just think about and contemplate, but it's really something we ought to commit our lives to. Now, what does that look like? There's some things about commitment to service that I want you to understand this morning. First of all, we have to understand the reality of service. It's something that we really have to do. Uh, God saved us to serve Him. You say amen? Oh, gosh, you're weak this morning, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, well, uh, whether you're excited about it or enthusiastic about it or not, the, the reality of it is, is that's exactly why God saved us, is to give service to Him. When He called you, when He convicted you of your sin, when He rescued you out, out of, of, of condemnation, He did that so that you and I could serve Him. He saved us not just from hell, but He saved us in order that we could serve Him. 
Sometimes I think that that's a, really the, the thing that we get uh, really focused on is that, oh, God rescued me from perishing, right? And that's wonderful in itself. But He rescued you to follow Him. You see, if we're following Jesus Christ, then, then we're serving Him. And, and so Joshua was, was, was one who served him. The world around us, let me give you another reality. Not only did God save us to serve him, but the world around us is lost without him. And, and in our service for him, one thing that we need to realize is that we have to get this message out of Jesus Christ. It needs to start in our families. We need to start sharing with our kids immediately when they're born about how Jesus loves them and about who he is and about the the impact he has on our lives. We ought to be uh, evangelists in our home to begin with and then evangelists outside of our home. Let me ask you a question this morning. When you think about evangelism or sharing the good news or however you term it in your mind or your understanding, giving out the gospel or or sharing the word. Listen, what one thing right now in, in your life today are you doing to share the good news of Jesus Christ. I'm just asking one thing. One thing. Just that one thing. What one person do you have on your heart that you're burdened for? That one person that you want to see come to know Jesus Christ as their Savior. Because I tell you, I found out if I'm not focused, then I'm not, I'm not effective. What one thing are you doing? What one person on your heart that you want to see come to Jesus Christ? And so as dads, we have to realize the reality is that we're living in a world that's lost and separated from God. And if we're called to serve Him, then how can we show our kids the next generation how to serve Him by our example of reaching out to people, sharing that good news? Let me give you another reality also. As the Bible gives us plain instruction to raise our kids to serve Jesus Christ. I mean, the Scripture is crystal clear that as believers in Jesus Christ, as followers of Jesus Christ, we're given the instruction that we should teach our kids how to serve Him. Uh, And so... If we're committed to service, there's a reality of it. Let me give you a second thing, not only the reality of service, but also sometimes there's resistance to service, right? I mean, it's a struggle sometimes to serve God, isn't it? Difficult. Uh, to at least to say it's hard. And, and we can rationalize this struggle that we have in serving God with all kinds of reasons and all kinds of... of uh, Let me just say it, excuses. Uh, Sometimes we use that excuse of, uh, you know, well, I'd love to serve God, but I just don't have time to serve Him. I don't don't have time. You know, I think we'd be better served if we reflected on who gave us that time, right, that we do have. I mean, in our busy lives, who gave us the, the life to be busy with? If it wasn't Jesus Christ. If God hadn't created us. And so when we begin to draw back from service, when we begin to pull back or, or, or really or just, just choose not to because, you know, I can't balance out my life, then who gave you that life? And who gave you that time? And what kind of stewards are we being, being, being of it? 
You know, I, I remember uh, hearing a message about 30 years ago, and I'm not going to tell you who preached that message because uh, about 25 years ago he took a left turn, but then he was, uh, he, he was uh, uh, effective and, and uh, uh, believable and f- uh, just fundamental in his faith and his beliefs. Uh, but he made this statement in the message he was preaching. And he says, you know, we're raising up the greatest generation of ball players, dancers, and cheerleaders that's ever gone to hell. And I begin to think about that as far as my family, because my family was young then. And how much emphasis we put on our kids' activities and not on their spiritual life. How much more do we take them to the ball field, not to church? How, how much more do, 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 do we, we get them instruction in their activities, in their extracurricular activities, and we don't get them instruction and give them instruction in the Word of God. Now look, I, I want to tell you, you know, sometimes I know our younger parents say, oh, you, you know, little Johnny's going to get a scholarship and little Susie's going to get a scholarship, and I know they are, maybe, because they're good. But let me tell you, when they're about 22, you know what happens? They graduate. And that scholarship's over. And they got about 60 more years of life to live. And let me tell you, that scholarship won't serve them as much as that instruction that we should have given them in the Word of God and encouraged them to be in church and taught them things that they should have known. I don't have enough time, right? I don't have enough time to be engaged in what God's doing. Uh, You know, sometimes it's that old excuse, it's not my job, right? It's not my job. You know, years ago, I, I used to work for a company where I had a lot of employees. And, uh, I, you know, I used to, if somebody says it's not your job, you can fire them. <laughs> yeah. but, but now if they say it's not your job, what do you do? Right? Uh, you, you know, God doesn't give a job description, does He? It's all-encompassing. He says that we're living sacrifices. So where do you draw the line when you say it's not my job? If you belong to God and God gives you an opportunity to serve Him, then how can we justify that by saying it's not my job? Uh, another one is, it makes me uncomfortable. This makes me uncomfortable, right? To serve the Lord. You know, I just don't feel comfortable about that. You know, well, I'm pretty sure that Jesus didn't feel comfortable with being nailed to a cross. So, you know... We can continue with our excuses. Uh, another one is everyone else is doing something else, right? <laughs> I'm not going to church because everybody else is doing something else. Or I've been invited to do this, and, or I, I, I've been asked to do that, or I, I've been, been asked to go here or there. Uh, and so we use all these excuses not to serve, to resist service to the Lord. But let me tell you, dads, what are we teaching our kids when we yield to those excuses? We're teaching them how to make excuses and how not to follow through on their service to the Lord as well. But, but you know, there's another thing about being committed to service and not only the reality of it and resistance to it, but also there's the reward of it. That God rewards us for service. It ought to be an encouragement to be committed to Him. You know, the Bible says in several different places that God is going to reward us, that one day we're going to stand before Him in His judgment seat, and He's going to begin to hand out these rewards for our faithful service to Him. 
and, and how committed we are to Him. Look, I, I don't think these rewards are going to come out uh, or come to us based on the, the greatness of our ministry. Look, there's a lot of people in the world today who've been out in the public front, who, who've had a, a, a very public ministry, large ministries, but yet I think the measure of God's rewards are not the greatness of what we do, but it's the faithfulness of what we do. It's what God has given us to do and how faithful we've been to do it. It may be for you to take care of a bunch of wonderful little babies in the nursery and you've been faithful. It may be for some of you to come in and do things behind the scenes at church and you've been faithful and God will reward you based on that. So He has rewards for us. You know, the Scripture says, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive the things done in the body according to, to what He's done, whether good or bad. We're going we're to give an account whether the things that we've done are, are, have value or no value, or important or worthless, faithful or unfaithful. We'll stand before God one day. And so, dads, we teach our kids to be committed to service to God. Another thing that we need to do is not only the commitment to service, but there's also the communication to serve. We have to tell them about service, right? How else are they going to know? It's amazing to me how we're so willing to communicate certain things to our kids. You know, stay out of trouble. You know. Uh, don't do these things, do these things, right? But when it comes to God and service to God, we're not as ready to do that often. But you know what Joshua did to, to the nation of Israel? He gave an explanation of service. He said, you're standing here today and you've got a choice to make. And you, you can, you, here's, here's one choice that you can make. You can serve these other gods, these false gods, or you can choose to serve the true and the living God. And he says, you've got a choice to make. He laid out the case for serving God. We have to do that for our kids today. We have to give them an explanation. Here's what serving God looks like. Here's why I serve God. And here's, what's going to, here's the benefits of serving Him. They need to know these things. And so we ought to give an explanation to them. How many times do we just go through life at home... We, we go through the motions and we really don't stop and say, wait a minute, I need to teach you what it is to serve God and give them an explanation. Certainly Joshua gave an example of service, didn't he? I mean, when you find Joshua in his early ministry, uh, when Moses was leader of Israel and Joshua was young and aged and serving the Lord and faithful to the Lord, that he was an example of service all throughout of his life. Joshua was faithful. And he lived day by day Committed to serving God. And so that's what I'm saying. The challenge is for you and I today is that we're working with dedication. Now let me give you a second thing. Not only should we be working with dedication, but look a little bit further in this passage. We should, we should be warring with determination. I say warring, I'm saying fighting the good fight, Okay? Uh, a battle. If you hadn't realized it, that we're in a struggle, listen to what Joshua says. He says, And put away the gods which your father served on the other side of the river and in Egypt. Right? In verse 14. 
and, uh, and serve the Lord. Serve the Lord. He says, look, uh, Joshua is, is saying there's, there's a struggle for your kids' hearts today. There's a battle that's going on in our culture and in our world today and in their lives and probably in your life as well for who you're going to serve and how passionate you're going to serve them. And so we really have to be aware that we're in this struggle. And so Joshua said, put away the gods which your father served. You know, one of the things that we realize that, uh, that uh, we, we, we struggle Every one of us struggle with our past, don't we, to some degree? I mean, what happened in the past? Uh, the struggles that we have with, with, with the, the pain from our past. We all have that, right? Uh, and we struggle with that often. And sometimes it's the things that we've done. And then sometimes it's the things that were done to us. And all those things sometimes give us a sense of pain. And so what Joshua is reminding us of is that, that we have to put that away, uh, that struggle. We need to teach our kids how to deal with hurts in life by our own example, by our own choices that we make. Uh, you know, we can't keep holding on to anger and bitterness and unforgiveness and expect our kids to be loving and compassionate and forgiving. Because they see that in our lives. And so, so we have to learn how to deal with that. And that's what Joshua was saying. He says, listen, don't, don't hold on to the things that, that are in the past, but let it go. Paul had some advice about that in Philippians chapter 3. Listen to what he says. He says, brethren, I do not count myself as to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. He says, I press toward the goal of the prize, the upward call of God, Christ Jesus. Paul said, look, I forget. Paul, you know, he's not saying that I don't think about it anymore. But that word forget means to neglect. Now, when we neglect something, what do we do? We don't, we, we, we don't cherish it, do we? We don't hold on to it. We, we don't lift it up. Uh, uh, we, uh, when we, we, we put something, when we neglect something, we just don't think about it, Right? And so what Paul is saying, now how do you do that? How can I, this deep hurt that I've had, how can I not think about it, right? That's what most of us would say. Well, what Paul says, we refocus. He says, forgetting those things. And then he says, I press toward the goal of the call, of the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. What Paul is saying is, listen, in order to let go of the past, I have to look to the future. I have to look to Jesus Christ. I have to press toward that thing that He's saved me to do. I have to invest my life into His service. I have to trust Him to be able to help me to let those things go and then to move on and to move forward. And so listen, parents, that's one of the greatest lessons we can teach our kids. If we teach them to hold on to the hurt and the pain and struggle, you know what they're going to do? If they see that in their lives, you know what they're going to do? They're going to do the same thing. And they're going to be bound by that very thing. 
You know, I've met people down through the years. I remember one family struggling with forgiveness. Uh, Ten years, they lived next door to their parents, and they had children, which would have been grandparents. Ten years, they lived beside their parents and never spoke a word to them. These kids didn't know their grandparents who lived next door, all because of a hurt that developed a hard heart and bitterness and unforgiveness and struggle. Is that really what we want to teach our kids? Our dads, do we want to be leaders and show them how to move on in times that they're hurt and they struggle? Not only that, but we struggle with the present. Right? I mean, he does. Listen to what Joshua says in verse 15. He says again, he almost repeats what he did in verse 14. But he says this in verse 15. He says, um, he says, Choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites. He includes something else with the gods of the Amorites. Why did he include them? In whose land you dwell. That's the present. He said, you're living here now in this, this land where also there's another nation of people called the Amorites live and they worship false gods. And what he's challenging them to do is to lay down those temptations in the present. Lay down that influence in the present. We're going to struggle some in the present as well. Not only about the past, but in the time that we live in. Dads and moms have to raise warriors. Warriors for God. That'll stand and not be influenced by this present day. We have to give them the tools and the weapons that they need in their lives as kids to be able to say no or to stand or to understand why. I don't want to yield to that. Or, or to understand the, the cause and effect that if I do conform to these things that are present in this culture today, the damage and the hurt and the pain it's going to get me. We have to teach them why we stand for family. We have, really, today we have, to stand, we have to teach them what a family is. And we have to encourage them to hold fast to these truths and raise them up to be strong and powerful in their relationship with Jesus Christ. How to recognize the enemy. How to recognize His doctrine. You realize Satan has a doctrine, right? The Bible says that he has teachings. That, that, he, has a, that, that he has a doctrine as well. Doctrines of demons, Paul calls them. And we have to teach our kids how to recognize those doctrines as well how they can stand against those fiery darts that our enemy throws and how to use the resources that God's given them to stand it's a challenge of a dad prepare your children to be warriors to go out in the world and fight warring with determination let me give you the third thing real quickly and that's walking with direction walking with direction and a specific direction, by the way. <laughs> a, a direction that, that, that we're being led and that we're following the Lord Jesus Christ. This is God's direction He has for us. Uh, you know, it's real easy to be moved back and forth in our lives. To, uh, 
take up with this or take up with that or to step away from what God has called us to do. And so we have to teach them how to walk a direction. And the greatest tool that we have as dads to teach our kids how to walk with, with, with a direction is the Word of God. If there's ever been a road map that God's laid out for us about life, uh, it's, it's the Bible. You know, most of us anymore, if we go to a place that we're not familiar with, that we, uh, what do we do? We Google it, and Google map it, and we, we uh, take off and we follow our phones wherever our phone leads us. <laughs> Sometimes it doesn't always lead us to the right place. But we follow our phones. Think about it. Some, some, some of your navigation devices and app, apps are pretty sophisticated. I mean, they'll show you where a wreck is. They'll show you an alternative route. They'll show you where to stop and eat. They'll show you all these kind of things. But one thing they won't show you is how to have joy on the journey. And that's something only God can do. God can certainly lead us around the landmines. He can show us an alternative route that will take us to the safe place. He'll surely take us to places where we can eat and be nourished. But one thing that He can do and He alone can do is give us the joy of life and the hope of heaven. And that's the direction that as a dad, more than anything else, I want my kids and grandkids to go. Is, is following the Lord Jesus Christ. So we show them about walking with direction. Walking in integrity in the Lord. Walking understanding who God is and how they can follow Him. Guys, I want to tell you, it's a challenge being a dad if you hadn't figured that out already. And if you're a young dad, it's not about the diapers and it's not about the nights that you have to stay up all the time or it's not about the other things. Because all that changes. It's about this gift that God has given me. And how can I influence this life it's about some of you dads that are at a different season in life. You've got adult children. Maybe they have their own families. And you think, whoa, my work's done. <laughs> are you kidding? <laughs> it gets sometimes more difficult. More taxing. You need more wisdom. But yeah, your job's not done yet. And your job as a father is not going to be done until you're with Jesus Christ in heaven. And so take up the challenge of being that dad and doing those things that we all must do as fathers. Bow with me and let's pray.